Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to share God's word with us this morning. By the grace of God. And I want you to up your faith. Up your faith. Let faith rise in you. Because God is about to do something in you that you have never seen before. Amen. The God we serve does not do small, small things. When God sets out to walk, when he sets out, out to do things, he, do, he does big, big things. Things that have the capacity to dumbfound the wise, to silence the enemies, and to bring glory to his name. So this morning, God is going to do something big in your life, and all the glory shall be unto him in the mighty name of Jesus. The topic I'd like to share with us on this morning is refuse. Somebody say refuse. Say refuse. R-E-F-U-S-E. Refuse. Refuse. And I want you to put an exclamation mark. Refuse. What does it mean to refuse? It means to decline an offer or a demand. To reject something. To turn something or somebody down. To say no. To say no. To something. To reject something. That is what it means to refuse. And I want to believe that at one point or the other in your life as a person, you've had cause to reject something. You've had cause to refuse something. At one point or the other. So as it is in the physical, it is much more in the spirit for things to be refused in our lives, for things to be rejected in our lives, and for us as men and women of the spirit to turn down the devil especially. So this morning... God is going to bring us to a point where we will begin to refuse certain things that are not in tandem with the counsel and the will of God for our lives. Amen? Now, in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 26, if you can bring that up for us, the Bible says something about Moses. And i like us to look at it. Verse, okay, go to verse 25. Amen. Okay, let's read it from verse 20. Thank you, multimedia. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. 
By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Verse 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Amen. Let's pause there for now. If you are a Bible student, you will know the condition that was prevalent, the circumstances that were prevalent at the point that Moses was born in Egypt. It was a time when there was a decree by the king that every male child born should be killed on the spot. And the king set midwives and gave them that responsibility that whenever a male child is born, that male child must not survive, must not live. That male child must be killed immediately. But the Bible says, the midwives fear the Lord. They had God's reference inside of them and they refused to do what the king has asked them to do. And the reason why the king asked that every male child should be born was because the children of Israel in captivity were prosperous. They multiplied. They multiplied. They were becoming too strong for the Egyptians. And the king thought, if we allow these people to continue like this, it's going to come to a point when they will gang up against us and if there is a war, they can team up against our enemies and fight us and discomfit us. So we must not allow any of their male children to survive. Now, that was the time that Moses was born. And when Moses was born, his mother, being aware of the decree, decided to hide him and nurtured him for three months. She successfully did that for three months. But the Bible says after three months, she realized that she could no longer hide him. It was becoming difficult for Moses to be hidden from the face of Pharaoh, from the face of the wicked man, from the face of the evil man. And she decided to dump him in a basket or something like that and left him by the side of the river where Pharaoh's daughter normally comes to bathe. And she came and was bathing that day and she saw Moses and picked him and uh, all that happened, um, Moses' sister that watched from afar, you know, using wisdom, found a way 
to take Moses back to his mother. Amen. And she took care of him. And when the boy had grown, the Bible says the mother of Moses took him back to Pharaoh's daughter as though Pharaoh's daughter was the mother of Moses. So Moses lived with Pharaoh's daughter. Moses lived in the house of Pharaoh, learned the ways of the Egyptians, learned the culture of Egypt, and he was seen as a child or as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Nobody knew where he came from. Everybody saw him as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But you remember that there was a mandate hanging over Moses' life. The mandate of God upon the life of Moses was not to be Pharaoh's, do- I mean Pharaoh's daughter's son. The mandate upon the life of Moses was not to live in the palace. The mandate upon the life of Moses was not to be an Egyptian. He was to be a deliverer. He was to be the one to lead the children of Israel out of their pain, out of their captivity, out of their bondage, and every wickedness that they faced and they were subjected to in the land of Egypt. But you see, as long as he was a child, as long as he had not grown, as long as he could not take any decision by himself, he continued to bear the wrong name. He continued to carry the wrong identity. He continued to live the wrong life. He continued like that. And the Bible says it came to a point. And the Bible says, and when Moses came of years, when Moses came of age, when Moses became mature, when Moses was no longer a child, when Moses now realized his identity in God, when Moses realized the purpose for which God created him, the Bible says, and Moses did what? He refused to be called the son of who? Of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, I gave this background. I know we know the Bible. I know we know the story. But I deliberately gave this background so that you will understand where we are going. So that you will understand what the Lord is set to do in our lives today. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. There comes a time in the life of a Christian that you need to begin to reject some things in your life. In fact, one of the major signs of spiritual maturity. One of the major signs of maturity in your faith in Christ Jesus is when you come to a point when you begin to say no to the devil. Hallelujah. There are things that may be at work in your life because you are ignorant. There are things that may be operational in your life because you lack knowledge. And the Bible says my people perish. Why? Because they lack knowledge. So every believer, 
must come to that point when he realizes his identity or her identity in Christ Jesus knows what God's word says about him or her and begin to filter and begin to see the word of God and know which one is appropriate for his life and which one is not appropriate. You should come to a point when you begin to see some things, some workings of the devil in your life and you start rejecting them and you start resisting them and you start refusing them. You must come to that point where you begin to realize the counsel of God concerning every situation that, that faces you, every situation that confronts you, there is a word for it. Amen? Now, if you don't know the word, you will be subdued. You will be overwhelmed. You will be conquered. But if you know the word, you will have the ability. You will have the awareness. You will have the you will have what it takes to stand your ground and tell the devil, this is not for me. This is not for me. This is not for me. Because you have come to that level of what? Of maturity. Now, if you have followed Jesus for five years and you still cannot do this thing I'm saying, then there is something foundationally wrong with your walk with God. If you have followed God, if you have been to church consistently for five years, and what I'm telling you is not happening, everything happens in your life. The devil comes and he does whatever he wants to do and he walks away. He enjoys a field day over your life. You have not come to that point where you can say no and stand your ground and resist the devil. It means that something is fundamentally wrong with your life. Something is fundamentally wrong with your foundation. We will need to check your foundation. We will need to check, we will need to check how you got born again. We will need to check how you are following God over the years have been. We will need to check what you have been feeding your spirit with. We will need to check what you have been feasting on, where you have been going, how you have been applying the word of God. We will need to check. Because when a man follows God, when a man follows God, for five years, he should be able to tell his right from his left. Amen? Now, there are people that the same day that they encounter Jesus, things begin to change in their lives. How come you are in Christ for five years? You are in Christ for ten years and you are still a baby. A child that is tossed to and fro, having no bearing, having no foundation, having no root, having having no focus, not knowing what the word and the counsel of God is for your life. You must decide that from today, I will mature. I will begin to grow. I will become all that God wants me to be. I must come to that point that Moses came, that what appeared to him like pleasure was actually a disadvantage. You see, there are some of us that have settled for, for pleasure. What appears like pleasure, in quote, not knowing that that pleasure is actually what it is advantage. There are there are there are causes, there are evils that have been packaged in beautiful apparel and have been presented to some of us, but because we are not of age, 
because of immaturity, we take in everything that comes. You swallow every. See, it is not every open door that is from the Lord. The devil can open the door to hell for you. And you see, the Bible says, the devil transforms himself into an angel of light. So the devil will not come and stand before you as the devil. Some of you, you were born in for God until you got that job. You didn't know that the devil packaged it for you to take you away from the Lord. When the devil wants to get a man, there's nothing he cannot do. You see, some of those problems are problems that are related to immaturity. You, you, don't, you are not grown in God. You, you don't know what God wants for your life. See, there are people here that the moment they see something, it's not as if God has spoken to them. You see, many times, I was speaking to some people recently about knowing the voice of God. Many times, we, we want, we, when we talk about the voice of God, we are expecting something audible. Yes, God can speak audibly. But you see, sometimes there is this knowing. You have not heard a voice. You just knew. You just knew that this, 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 this is happening. Sometimes when pastor stands here, I am very sure what I'm saying. I've not talked with him. When he stands here and he says, yes, there is somebody here with a pain on the knee, all this, all that. Sometimes I am very sure that it's not as if he heard God's voice audibly. It's just a knowing. There is this awareness that crops up in your mind. You have dealt with God for so long that, you see, you are familiar with his ways of, when God speaks, you just know. You just know. You just know. Now, it takes, it takes, <laughs> it takes maturity. Now, listen. <clears throat> Moses, from that scripture that we read, eh? I will soon take off. Let me just lay this foundation. Moses, there was nowhere we read that God appeared and told him, you are not supposed to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. No, look at the Bible. Was there anywhere that the angel of God appeared to him and said, you, you are not supposed to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I didn't read that where we read. How did he know? He became of age. He grew. He matured in God. Eh? Some of you young ladies have entered relationships that destroyed your life. Some of the things you are suffering is because a boy showed up and he had everything that you think you like. He's tall, he's dark, he's slim, and he has money. And because you are desperate for marriage and he appeared everything that you desire in the man that you want to marry, you went for him. You didn't know that the devil packaged him for you. Now, at the end of the day, you have been relegated to the cooler. You are cooling off now. There's no fire in you anymore. You that will pray for five hours before can barely pray ten minutes. Why? On the altar of marriage. You have made choices because of immaturity. People of God, we must come of age. And listen to me, coming of age has nothing to do with your age physically. You can be 80 and you are 5 years old in the Lord. You can be 100 and you are just below 1 year old in the Lord. Moses! You see, that coming of age is a serious matter. Because I have come to realize 
in my dealings with Christians, especially young people, most of the problem that Christians face is problem of immaturity. There are things that when you know, when you have grown in God, there are things that the devil can, cannot come around you to see. Eh? When a prophet will tell you that it is your mother-in-law that is bewitching you, go and fight her, go and quarrel her, go and do this, go and do that. And then there is so much trouble in the home because a prophet told you. Or you go to a prophet and he tells you that is your wife, all these things you are doing is, that is happening to you is your wife that is bewitching you. A wife that has married you for five years, ten years, twenty years, given birth to four children for you. In twenty years, she has not succeeded in killing you. It is now that that wife wants to kill you. And then you come back home. And then you begin to, ah, the prophet has told me, you are a child. You are a babe. Eh? You are a babe. As I am now. One prophet will come and tell me that my wife is a witch. From where? Nibo. Where is he going to come from? See, let me tell you this. When I was a child in the Lord, we were under a servant of God, highly respected. Some of you may know him, if I mention his name. Then there was this serious crisis between him and his wife. Very serious crisis. Eventually, they divorced. In fact, the woman is dead as I'm talking to you. It was that serious. And this man will gather us and say, his wife is a witch. His wife did this. His wife did this. Let's pray that she should die. We were, yes, my, yes. Are you surprised? I did it. We prayed. We were practicing witchcraft, ma. Yes. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let her die. Let her die. Let the, let the archers of heaven, let them release the arrow. Let her die. This thing was not smart. We were holding Ivy Juzo. I did it. I'm telling you. I was led to pray that somebody should die. Eh? Now, woe betides a people when they are king is a child. You see, we will be in a very big trouble if our pastor is a child. We will be, a very, we will be in a very big trouble. Hey! Hey! We must thank God. See, it took me a very long time to locate this church because I know what I've been through. See, I went to churches in this land. I was just looking for a place where, where I will have a superior authority that, that, that can feed me with God's word and I will have no reason to doubt. I went to several places. I went somewhere and I was beginning to settle down because I liked the man of God. He was a teacher. He could teach very balanced message, and we're already settling down. I told my wife, this is a place. But we had a problem. Because of the kind of person that I am, maybe an orthodox upbringing or not, whatever, I don't know. Whenever the man is preaching, his wife will be interjecting. While he's preaching, the wife will just be, will just be putting in words, putting in words, putting in words. She was quite loud. I didn't like that. So, and I know, I know from my little upbringing that the husband and the wife, they are co-heirs. Now, you can't respect your pastor and disrespect his wife and expect to be blessed. And, 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 and let, me, let, me, let me say that again. Let me say that again. 
and let me bring it home. Pastor Tolu is here, Pastor Valale is here. You can't respect, you can't honor Pastor Tolu and dishonor Pastor Bolanle, and you'll be blessed in this place. Your heaven will be closed. I, I'm, I'm, I tell you from this altar, some of you may have struggled for many years here because you have not come to this realization. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not speaking to please them. So I just knew that, no, I, I can't flow with a man and not flow with his wife. I said, no, madam, we can't stay here. And he continued like, the more I like the man, the more... One day he was preaching. And you see, if, if, if you have, by God's grace, handled God's word a while, if a man of God is preaching, you can tell what direction he is going to. You can tell. At one point or the other, you should be able... As he's preaching, you can, you can guess what he's going to say next. So one day this man was preaching and he was going to make a point and the wife interjected and it was direct opposite of what the man wanted to say. And I just saw this man, his spirit just sank. He just sank. He began to struggle. He went round and round and round and round. By the time he was, he was, he was beginning to gather himself and gather his message again, time was gone. I said, Madam, we can't stay here. We are not going to get anything from this place. We left. And God brought us here. Listen to me. Mature. You have to mature. Some of you are sick because of immaturity. You see, when Moses became of age, that is, that is, what, that is what is bothering me. He became of age. Hey! He came to a point the king's meat was no longer attractive to him. He came to a point royal pleasure Royal entitlements that he had was no longer important to him. All that was important to him was the mandate of God over his life. So it didn't matter if he was going to die. It didn't matter if he was going to starve. It, it didn't matter if he was going to go through pains anymore. All that matters to him is I am not the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I cannot bear her name. And he refused it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He refused it. He refused it. He turned it down. And as we read the Bible further, the Bible began to specify what Moses refused. Are you with me? Verse 24. Give us verse 24. Number one. What should we refuse? I didn't even know that time has gone like this. He said, by faith, Moses... When he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So what was Moses refusing? Was it just a name that Moses was refusing? What was he refusing? The pleasures of what? Of sin. For that season, why should I enjoy a pleasure for a season when there is something of eternal value waiting for me. The, the Bible says, whatsoever God doeth, he shall do what? It shall be forever. It shall be permanent. Whatever God gives me is forever. But anything that the devil gives a man is for a season. He chose to suffer affliction than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Whatever pleasure you enjoy in sin, it is for a season. It doesn't last. 
But you see, the effect of that pleasure is eternal. Oh, no, you don't understand. You see, sin is pleasurable. Sin is pleasurable. When you are embezzling money and you are having money in your account and you can buy whatever you want to buy, you can travel to Dubai, you can travel to anywhere, afford whatever, you know it is pleasurable. Some of you young people, when you fornicate, you know it is pleasurable. Uh But you see, the effect of what you do is eternal. Now, that pleasure, that seasonal pleasure, you know where it is leading you to? Eternal damnation. Now, listen. It is called hellfire. There's a place called hellfire. It's a place of tears and sorrow and it's a place of gnashing of teeth. Eh? Now, if you become a candidate for hell, you will, not, you will look for death. Death will not come. Fire will be burning you. You will be tormented of the devil. You will wish to die. Even worms that enter there, the Bible says they will not do what? They will not die. But you see, when you subject yourself to the temporary pain that comes from the Lord, because the Bible says, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Eh? But, but the one that leads to hellfire, how is it? It is wide. Check how many people are trooping to hellfire today. Just check, just check, just check. So many. And you see the road is wide enough to contain as many that want. But on this path, this path of righteousness, this path of holiness, this path of following Jesus, it is narrow. Sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we feel pain. Sometimes we are discomforted. Sometimes you step on tongues. Sometimes you step on pistol. But the command is, the church is marching on. As you step on them, the command is never look back. Despite the pain, God is, when it comes to, when it comes to making you what God wants you to be, your emotion is inconsequential to God. So sometimes you may be weeping and God is still doing what he's doing. You may say, Lord, reduce this more now. Reduce this more now. And the Lord is doing what he's doing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood like this. They saw the, the furnace. It was being heated. How many times? Seven. They saw the heat. They saw the heat. They saw the heat. And they, maybe they thought that God should be able to save them. God said, no, you enter. You are going to enter this fire. You see, there are times that God allows you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The reason is because he wants to prove to you that he can make you not to fear any evil. Yes, see, see, it is not every pain that is demonic. Learn this. This thing I'm telling you today is part of the maturity class. A lot of us are too, we are too babies. We are too, we are butter, butter. When we look at our component in the spirit, all we see is what? Butter, butter, butter. Some of you come to church because maybe there's somebody in church that is well placed to give you a job. And by the time you come, three months, six months, and maybe you endure one year, and the person is not looking your direction. You say, well, what is doing these people now? You carry your Bible and you go. You know your problem? Your problem is that you are a child. You can't bear pain. You see, God, in this end time, 
God is raising men. And I want our young people to listen to me. You are going to suffer for Jesus. I tell you that. You are going to feel pain for Jesus. If you have not come to a point where you feel pain for Jesus, you are not yet following Jesus. I can tell you. You are going to come to a point where you will weep. Where it will be as if God forsook you. Jesus came to that point. He looked right. He looked left. His father was nowhere to be found. He looked around him. God was nowhere to be found. Oh, that was the worst experience that Jesus would ever have. Losing the presence of his father. And that was the point he cried. Eloi. Eloi, Lama Sabachthani, being interpreted as Lord, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? There are times that God decides to be silent just to mature you, to cook you. Eh? The Bible says something in Psalm 34 or 38. He said, I will guide you with my eye. My eye. Sir, uh, how do you guide somebody? When you want to direct somebody, you point to where the person should go. Or you guide the person yourself. Or you hold the hand of the person. This is where you should go. Am I correct? God said, I will guide you with my eye. My eye. I don't know. If you can help us find it, I think it's some 38 or 34, thereabouts. Something, something around there. If it is there, bring it up for us. Say, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou should go. I will guide you. With what? With my eye. Now, in another place, God said, I will lead you about. How do you lead somebody about? Oh, you don't understand. Uh, Brojide, come. I want to lead Brojide about. You need to know what it means to lead somebody about. Wherever I go, follow me. About. I will lead you about. You are praying, Lord, take me to my destiny. He said, I will lead you about. You are praying, Lord, bless me. He said, I will lead you. How? About. Eh? Have, you, have you been in a, in a situation where it's as if your life is confused? You are praying, you, know, you are studying God's word, you are living right, but your life is just confused. The Lord is leading you about. That is what it means. Follow me. Follow me. Now, he will, he will lead you about. You know, why you are following me about? You'll be wondering, why is this man leading me like this? You will have cause to be distracted. You will have cause to look at your friend that is doing well. You have cause to look at this. You have, why is my life like this? All right? But if the Lord is able to get your attention, it is called, it is part of the maturity class. If the Lord is able to get your attention long enough and you follow him about, the day the Lord will break upon you, all those that overtook you, you shall begin to overtake them. Go and sit down. But, but you see, those things that the Lord is doing, all he's trying to do is to focus, 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 focus. If you can keep your eyes on me. That is why Jesus, when he came, he said, follow me. Follow me. When he was calling his disciples, what was the command? Follow me. 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 It is me. It is me you should follow. Not Pastor Lawyer, not Pastor Tolu, not Pastor Balanle. It is me. It is, follow me. If you can keep my, your eyes on me enough, I will now make you. So, following precedes making. You can't become anything when you have not followed. Huh? People of God, maturity. When Moses came of age, he rejected the name he was given. 
Do you know what he was rejecting? Do you know, do you know the quantum of what Moses was rejecting, sir? Eh? Moses, Moses had, Moses was seen as a, was, was seen as a prince. Moses was, there, 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 there would have been possibility for Moses to become Pharaoh at some point. Moses had every paraphernalia of, of royalty. Everything was at his disposal. Moses looked at them. Moses looked at, at his destiny and the mandate of God for his life. And the Bible says he decided to suffer affliction than to enjoy. How many of us here have come to that point where we can decide to suffer affliction? Some of you, just a little fail, fail that that lecturer failed you because you refused to have sex with him. The next time you were, you were on the bed with him. How many of you? How many of you? Let's become Christians that are ready to suffer. This bread and butter Christianity, it does not work. Amen. Now, we just finished talking about possibility. I wasn't in church last night. I don't know if that message has finished. But we have been talking about possibility. Do you know that Mary, the angel of the Lord came and told her, say you shall conceive, you shall give her to a son. You shall deliver his people from their sin. You shall call his name Jesus. What did Mary say? How shall this thing be? Knowing that I know no man. And the angel of the Lord explained to her. And she said, okay. All right. Now, all that matters is not the shame that I will go through. I don't know any man. It's going to be shameful to carry pregnancy. People are going to laugh at me. I am going to be a laughing stock. How am I going to explain this? Where did the spirit come from? Spirit, when the spirits begin, begin to impregnate women. Uh -uh, Mary, 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 who did you commit fornication with? And you know what, what Mary said? It doesn't matter the pain that I'm going to go through. What matters to me is that what? Let it be unto me. How? According to your word. Now, as far as it is your word, sometimes if your word is leading me through the path of pain, as long as it is your word, if it is your word, Lord, if it, even if it is death, if it is your word, and it is on that premise that somebody like Job will say, though he slay me, yet will I do what? Trust in him. If it is you, Lord, if it is your word, Lord, if I die, let me die. And as aside, and if I perish, I do what? I perish. Lord, if, if, if it is your word, kill me if it is your word. Kill me if it is your word. Waste my life as long as it is according to your word. Let them have, have all the money. Let them have everything on earth. And let me be like a beggar. Lord, if you will allow me to be a beggar serving you, so let it be. Pastor Colade said something. In one of our meetings, when, um, when, um, what's his daughter's name? The one that had accident, um. Ronte, right? Yes. He said, he said when he was, there was a day he was, the, the lady was on the wheelchair and he was pushing her and he was telling the Lord, even if I would do this for the rest of my life, hey, I sank in my chair where I was sitting. Hey, I got, I got knocked down in my spirit. Lord, even if I will do this for the rest of my life. And the Lord saw the sincerity of his heart. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. He will not leave my soul in hell. Even if I am knocked into hell. If my life is in accordance with his word, he will not leave my soul there. See, you, you are the one that is worrying. You are the one that is fighting your battle. God, some of us have come to that point when we know he will not leave our souls in hell. He won't. 
Huh? He will not. People have been through things here. But he will not leave my soul in hell. Maturity class. I, 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 I doubt if I can leave, if I can leave this point. There are about 18, 18 things that I wanted to talk to you about. But my spirit is heavy. My soul is vexed. My soul is sorrowful. Enough of butter, butter and bread Christianity. Enough of weaklings in God's kingdom. Enough of coke, coke, sweet, sweet things. Sugar, if it is not sugar. The first time I ate bitter cola, I almost vomited because I like sweet, sweet things. But my wife said, eat it. She said, eat it. She said, eat it. You see, many times, great things are born out of bitter experiences. Great things. People of God, let's mature. Let's mature. Let's mature. Let's mature. Take your time to grow. Young lady, take your time to grow. How can you be in secondary school and you want to wear the kind of shoe that Pastor Bolale is wearing? Are you not in trouble? In trouble? You see, this is not to praise her. There are some things that my wife wears. That is me that buys them because the woman will not buy. She doesn't have, she doesn't care. Won't, won't care. Eh? Anything that she has is what she wears. I'm telling you. So sometimes I deliberately walk into a supermarket. I bought a shoe for her one day. And that shoe was around 30 something thousand. And I deliberately left the price tag so that she could see. She said, hey, why will you buy this kind of thing? Why will you spend so much money? And I told her, I said, you are worth more than my money. You are worth more than everything. 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 And I mean everything. Do you understand what I'm talking about? But you need to follow God. See, come to a point where worldly things are no longer attractive to you. You see, you don't need to run after the things of the world. When you follow God, they will follow you. Some of you are running here and there. I want this. I want money. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a billionaire. I want this car. I want that. Hey, yeah, yeah. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. And what shall happen? All these things, all these things, they shall be added. They shall follow you. They shall be, they shall be at your back and call. Now, now, think a little bit. Just think on this. Since you came to this church, how many things have we decided to do? Project. Talking about projects now. We decided to do in this church that we have not done. Think about it. Except, except we have not set our minds on it to do. Think about it. If he cares for the sparrow, if he cares for the birds, the fly in the firmament, if he cares for the ant. If he can give so much wisdom to the ant to gather his food, eh? How much more are you?
We, we sing a song. He, he cares for the sparrow. I can't remember that song. Yes. Stop running ahead of yourself. Listen, there is something ahead. Don't be a jumper. Because when you jump, the only thing you have gained is pseudo height. It's temporary. When a man jumps, he comes down. But you see, when a man grows, his height can never reduce. I, I, I can't be less in height than what I am now. But if I jump, I'm coming down here. Right before you, I will come down. The problem with many of you, especially our young people, is because you have decided to jump. How old are you that you are using iPhone? My, my girl, um, Mercy, my wife's younger sister, she told me one day what Pastor Bolale told her. And I'm saying this for the first time. She had this phone, Samsung phone, this Samsung Galaxy X6. She got it well. She didn't cut corners. She said, Pastor Bolale asked her today, what is she doing that she's using this kind of phone? I said, she's right. What are you doing? All right? But it was a gift. That's okay. What, what are you doing? You want to drive? You want to drive a Lexus Jeep? You are still in secondary school. You are still in the university. And then you see yourself in Yahoo Yahoo, Yahoo Plus, cultism. They promise you all sorts of things. And the end of those things, the Bible says it is vanity. Vanity upon vanity. All is what? Is vanity. We need those things though, right? Some of us are using them now. All right? Some of us drive cars. Some of us have houses. We are trusting God for more. But those things don't matter to us. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of what? Of what, what he possesses. So those things, see, even if the Lord takes away everything I have today, it doesn't change my decision to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow him for what? forever. I have decided to be like Job. I have assumed the status of Job that though he lost everything, what did he say? He still followed God. Even when his wife encouraged him to die. You know, it, the, you know the wife was practically encouraging him to die. Yes, he said die. Do you know what it means to cause God? Who, can you cause God? Eh? Who, who, can, you, <laughs> can you hit your feet against the bridge? See, he is the stone. Whoever falls upon the stone will be, will, be, will be broken in pieces. Now, the Bible says, whoever that stone falls upon, what shall happen to him? He shall be crushed. There shall, he shall be beyond repair. So, who are you when the Lord decides to fall on you? Christians! Grow, grow, grow. Grow everything you have been taught here. Go and do it. Go and do it. Carry your Bible. Carry your Bible every morning. Say, Lord, as you are reading, be praying. In the Manashinia. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you keep reading. And you keep reading. You enter your car. You slot it in. You keep reading. You keep reading. Oh, Shalaba. You see, I enjoy driving. The reason why I enjoy driving is because I pray more when I drive. Because most times it is me alone. I hardly give people lift. It's not because I'm not ge generous. It's because a lot of times I want to have my privacy. So I pray. From here to Benin, five hours. Kimata Lassia. Libra Konya Gazibiata. Libra Kandro Laboshiri Abarandra Lebeata. And then I am wondering where will that devil come from? 
to attack when I'm praying. Where? A lot of you have created spaces, loopholes for the devil. They, you have unguarded, unguarded grounds that the devil have, have exploited. There is, there is nothing. There is nothing covering your ground. You are not holding your ground. Let's be Christians that are committed to God. Let's be Christians like Moses that will damn the consequences and follow God. Rise on your feet this morning. I say, Lord.